Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Urban City podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hudak. And today I'm joined uh, with one of our staff, Ashley Cortez. And she brought in one of her friends to continue the conversation on recovery. So, Ashley, welcome. Do you want to do a quick little introduction of your friend? Hi. Yeah, this is this is Karina. You want to introduce yourself, Karina? Hi, I'm Karina. I'm Ashley's friend since ooh, we were child children. Yeah. <laughs> so you've known each other for a long time? Yeah, childhood friend. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, we actually we, we went to we went to elementary school together in Washington, and we've been friends ever since. Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. That's a long time so far. But yeah, so I just want to say thank you for joining us today, and um, you know I know this is a really important topic, so I just wanted to ask, um, first of all, what emotions do you feel that actually come up when you hear the word addiction? Um, with me, sometimes when I hear the word addiction, I think fear. Um, I think fear because, like, to me, I never wanted to be addicted to anything. You know, growing up, I had two brothers, and, you know, always seeing them the way they were, uh, I never wanted to be that. Um, so being addicted, it, it got to, it was, it's, it's fearful now. Now that I'm sober, now that I'm, you know, clean and everything, but, you know, addiction, to me, addiction was a label, mm. you know, like it's not who you are. It's not who, you know, you are to be, but it's something that, you know, comes with, you know, troubles in life and people tend to throw labels and I see addiction as like, I'm personally, you know, I fear it mm. and, you know, I just, I don't like to be labeled. So I feel like, you know, if there's any other way of saying it. Yeah. Uh, the people should, you know, be, you know, open, a little open to that. Yeah. Would you consider it like a healthy fear or is it more like a scared, fearful of like. I feel like a healthy fear only because like I, I, I never want to be there again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a lot of times where I felt, you know, alone and, you know, a lot of dark feelings. And uh, that's that's not a good feeling. And sometimes feeling that way, you you lead to things that you don't want to go to. And, you know, that's where addiction comes in. <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit about your personal experience? Um, personally, because I have my uh, siblings that I've grown up with and, you know, I've been around all of that, I never wanted to be, you know, um, I never even wanted to, like, use hard drugs, I guess you could say it like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it took for me to hit my breaking point to, you know, like I said, I, I never wanted to be that. And then this breaking point that I had, uh, it broke me. And I ended up being that. And um, it was it was really tough. It was, But it was something that I had to hold on for a while because I held a grudge against myself for it, you know, because I felt like uh, I hit a weak moment. But, you know, um, it's, it's, it's something people can get through. Um, it's hard for the moment, and it's, it's all temporary. But we can't block those feelings. Because if we do, that's when people tend to use. So it's best to, you know, bring out and talk about any emotions that you can when you can. Yeah. It, was that part of the reason for you? Was it hard to have a healthy community that you could just share your feelings with? Yeah. To me, it was more of like I felt like I went through a lot and only certain people understood me. Like, you know, Ashley was one of the main ones that she mm. would go and like certain things would happen and I would call her, mm. you know, and like. There were times where I didn't even know why I was doing it or what to do. And, and 
she would come, you know, and she would help me out. So it's it's good to have those friends, you know. And that time, it was it was a very hard time for me. Yeah. Yeah. No. No worries. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Karina. You're really strong. <laughs> <laughs> you're strong. You're one of the strongest people I know. Right. I mean, you've been through a lot. Um, what does it feel like to be wrapped up in the mix of things? Like, how would you describe your feelings? Like, as far as, like, I know that you mentioned, like, your brother, um, your your family members, like, they suffer from addiction. And I know that you talked a little bit about it as far as, like, you know, that fear. But do you want to, like, maybe dive a little bit deeper into how you feel? Um, what was the question again? So, like, how do you feel being wrapped up in the mix of things? Okay. How do you describe your feelings? Yeah. So, um, like I said, like, there are times where... Um, I felt very like I didn't know what to do like and for some reason like I felt like even though I didn't want to be that I felt like they did that they would use to not feel yeah you know and like I felt like I know I said I was never going to do it but in that time I felt I felt scared I guess you could say that's where the fear comes in again because I knew the choice that I was going to make and the decision I was going to make and whatever I did was going to affect me but there were times where, um, you know, she, she, you know, I'm, I'm okay now because I would go to therapy and things. But there's been times where, you know, I've, I've thought about committing suicide. Like, mm. I almost overdosed, and like, it was, it, those, those feelings now come back more that I'm sober, only because like, at that time, uh, I just kept using and using because I was hoping not to see the next day, but in reality, like. I was just holding it off until I was actually ready to meet those feelings. Mm. You know, like, um, how can I say, like, uh, like a failure? Because I have two kids. I have two, a boy and a girl. And to me, uh, I felt like a really big failure to them. Mm. Uh, because as parents, it's hard sometimes, you know. And sometimes, you know, we we have kids and then we don't really think about their future. And things happen and yeah so with with feelings now I'm able to recognize a lot when I go to church like I love going to church and coming out crying because I'm feeling the feelings I wasn't feeling then mm. and um you know being in addiction it just it just covers you know the a main right? yeah it's like a band-aid it just covers the main parts of your problems without actually you know, digging into them and, you know, actually doing what you need to do about them. Yeah, it was, it was an escape for you, right, to like, get away. Yeah, like, yeah, it was, I call it my trip. I was on a trip for, yeah. like, a while. <laughs> yeah, and I guess now that you're in recovery and you're on these next steps, what what are some things that you've done to reduce that, like, to address those feelings, right? You have these feelings coming, like, now how do you address them in a healthy way? It, it it all depends because like I said there would be times where I was in a, I was in a moment where I would cry out of the nowhere you know and it would happen for like almost months it was a very bad depression and because of that um that's why I would use because I didn't want to cry anymore like mm -hmm. to me I felt like my head was always hurting so you know when I started to use it was more of like I didn't feel it and to me I didn't care because I wasn't in that moment anymore mm. um but now it's it's 
I see my kids and I, I sometimes I choke up till this day because I'm able to hug them. I'm able to see them, although it's not the way I would want it to be, but it could be worse. Yeah, no, thank you. And like, uh, that was actually my next question was, what impact do you feel your addiction had on the ones who love you? And you were kind of, you're kind of going into that. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more into how you feel maybe it affected, you know, the people that care about you. Um, yeah, well, like I said, uh, I, I used to a point where I, I would, I was trying to overdose, you know, it was intentional. And, um, I called you around that time and uh in that in that moment uh so the crazy part is is the day that I tried to overdose um a childhood friend of mine committed suicide the next day mm-hmm. so that really broke me only because like no one in my family knew you know like I went through it but I brought uh like a, I was in a toxic relationship, so it was just my ex, and you know certain 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 friends, mm-hmm. you know, but my family didn't know exactly what I was up to. Uh, they knew I was gone. They knew I was on a trip, but they never seen me act like that, and so they didn't really understand. Nobody like nobody knew, and um, yeah, so that I had to with my kids. Um, it hurt me a lot because, like I said, when nobody knows. It, it hurts you more because only you know. And it's like, it's a pain that you go through. And it's like, you know, you wouldn't want to, you know, express it. But sometimes you just, you feel like you can't. Yeah. Did you not want them to know? I didn't only because my mom's older. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I'm scared of my decisions making, like giving her a heart attack or like, mm-hmm. my mom has heart problems. Okay. Um, my siblings, uh, it's been hard, like to get along with them. Ever since I was, like, growing up. I'm the youngest of eight. Okay. So, you know, everybody was older, you know. it, And then I was the last one. So, to me, it was, like, everybody had their pair but me. So, I was always, like, you know, going so, to friends' houses. Like, like she, she lived two houses down from, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so, uh, it, I feel like it impacted my kids after and my mom because uh, I wasn't the same after that. Got it. And and now in the, your recovery process, do you feel that uh, you share more and talk more about your feelings to families so that they understand what you're dealing with? To certain siblings, only because like when I tell them, even though they know my problems, they tell me like, well, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's more of like a because ever since I was little, whenever I will tell certain issues or problems, it was always more of like getting in trouble than getting help. Mm. you know like well why are you feeling that like you shouldn't feel that you know like so to me it was more of like i had to keep it to myself and certain people like you know like ashley and i had two other friends i accidentally drug into my trip and uh one of them i feel really bad because she's seen she basically seen me bleed internally Mm. um you know she's seen me like coughing blood and she called my mom and then i got mad so i left (laughs) yeah no worries i understand yeah (laughs) Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Karina. Have you ever been a bystander <clears throat> to a loved one's addiction? And and what was that experience? What was that experience like for you? Um, 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've kind of grew up around it a lot. Friends, family, um, you know, my ex-relationship. Uh, that one was a hard one only because uh, it was a, we were together for seven years, but it started becoming toxic once he started using. And um, I kept looking at myself like I have to help the person mm-hmm. and I have to be there to show that I love the person. But seeing this person slowly destroy himself while I was in recovery, because at that time I was in like in and out, you know, it was like yeah. I was trying to get, you know, and it was just hard because I, I seen it bringing me down more, you know, and I feel like sometimes our environment has a lot to do with, you know, certain things like that because, you know, it, it hurts seeing the ones you love. It hurts seeing the people you know, um, people you think you've known for a long time, and because of this, it's they're not the person you thought they were. And um, it, it hurts. It hurts. I've seen this drug take tear apart a bunch of families. Yeah. And, and I know you kind of mentioned earlier that, um, you, you've seen your family and people struggle and you're like, that wasn't for you. And, but now that you've gone through it, do you look at your family members who have, and that are in recovery as well, or that are still addicted? Do you like look at them differently? Like how is your emotions and feelings towards them as well now after you are in your recovery? With, with my siblings, I still have empathy for them. One thing I can say is like, uh, my, I'm the baby, but mm-hmm. I'm the little big sister. You know, like because they're in their addictions, it's like they have problems, but for somehow it's either I'm I'm involved or whatever the case may be. And like I have a brother right now, he's well both of them actually the ones that are that are drug users, they're both incarcerated. Mm. But honestly, the way my family sees it is we're happy because we know they're safe. Mm. You know, being yeah. out and about, like they live on the street, they live in the parks, like they're like forty they're too old to be doing that. But, yeah. you know, it's the, the lifestyle they choose. We've tried helping my brother. Mm-hmm. One of them, um, you know, he went to jail. He came out. He got clean. He went to rehab. Um, we figured that the rehab was a step for him. So we tried being more, you know, attentive to him. And, and But with recovery, in the beginning of early recovery, there's always triggers. And, you know, I was trying to help my brother not see those triggers, but, like, my family, the way my family is, my brother ended up triggering him, mm. and he ended up using again. And now he's incarcerated again, and we would I would love to help him. But I just see I have more empathy for them because I know why I was in my addiction. I don't know why they're in their addiction. I don't know. There's It's a deeper, mm. you know, like. Have you ever tried, like, having those conversations with them as far as, like, you know, what is it that they're going through? Because I know that you mentioned, you know, what you went through and why you started with your addiction. And it was because, like, you know, maybe seeing it and being a part of that lifestyle, it's what kind of put you in there. But did you ever, have you ever tried having those conversations? Yeah, so, um, not really like that, but there has been times where, like, uh, my brother, uh, my oldest, oldest brother, let's say him, um, he was born with um, problems. So he didn't talk till he was seven. Mm-hmm. Um, he was bullied a lot. He, Oh, he's, I think he's like, he, he his brain doesn't pass a 15-year-old. Mm-hmm. 
or you Is know like kind of autistic or? yeah yeah so with him i know it's more because he thinks my mom didn't love him because he was different but i think my mom was hard on all of us he just kind of got it more because she didn't know he was having those problems and he blames her a lot for a lot of his his problems and mm -hmm. sometimes she feels guilty she does uh but um i try to have him understand that we because he's schizophrenic too like he has mm -hmm. a lot of problems and i try to explain to him like even at his lowest moments you know like we love you you know like he's stolen from me he's mm -hmm. you know got me into so many situations but at the end of the day like i tell him like you know he's my brother and i love them but i know my other brother it's more of like he followed my bigger brother mm -hmm. so they kind of just ended up you know but they're the only ones in the family that are addicts okay. the re everybody else has you know their house their family their jobs okay. so we're like the three mm. you know what's <laughs> yeah and i guess senior brothers do that what was the hardest thing for you to you know, as the youngest, as the baby, um, you know, loving your older brothers, what was some of the hardest things that you had to go through while seeing them through their addictions when you prior to you going through and now after your recovery or while you're in recovery? Well, in the beginning, it was more of like um, because I haven't seen them for a while. Like, um, you know, it's been on and off that they've been in and out like but for the most part how can i say um i don't know like uh, i don't know can you re like it was, yeah so seeing senior brothers go through what was some of the hardest um parts of seeing your loved ones right these are your brothers oh, like, what yeah. was some of the hardest stuff so my oldest brother um uh, it was when they took his kids mm -hmm. so i was like 13 at the time and uh he he tried to take a bunch of pills in front of me with like alcohol mm -hmm. um and that affected me in a way because it's like, uh, he went, he was like, he went, he would just went crazy that night. Um, you know, and, and my brother, it was tough being in situations I didn't want to be in, mm -hmm. you know, for example, he would come into my room. I was like eight, seven. He would come into my room like four or five in the morning saying people are in the trees trying to kill him. Mm. you know that there's cops all around the house like he would he would literally wake me up like and then have me sit in the living room with him all night when i have school the next day mm. um one time he made me lay on the floor with my hands on my head like if cops were gonna come in the house the whole night mm. my mom woke up and when she see me on the floor she's like what the hell's going on and she yelled at him and you know he was like they're, they're looking for him you know like when I was little, I didn't realize uh, he was smoked out. I just figured he was having, like, schizophrenic moments. Mm -hmm. But as I got older, I started to realize, like, you know, it's him using because he was just his face and just his his actions, just the way he acted, his behavior. And um, now when I if I see him that way, as sad as it is, I have to leave him where he's at mm. only because I know uh, I can't help him. You know, he's too far into the addiction and as much as we want it, we, we just can't. I'm 24 and till this day, he's never like neither one of them kind of like until, you know, recently 
But other than that, they've never looked for recovery. They've never looked for, you know. So when I fell into my addiction, I knew recovery was going to have to be my thing. Like, you know, like, because I already see myself not doing it. The fact that I did it, I was like, no, <laughs> I need to get better. Yeah. And when you, um, and so I know that, like you said, like for, for them, um, they were kind of just like, they're on their own now. But when you got a little bit older and you understood like, uh, you know, addiction, was there anything that you maybe you did as far as like to help support, um, them with their struggles or was it just too difficult? It, it was, it's too difficult. Um. Mainly because there has been times where, you know, like I was 21 when my brother punched me in the face, mm. you know, and it's just certain, you know, moments like that. It's like you try and for whatever reason, it's just it, it's you know, it's not able to. And it's OK because anything can happen in prayer, too. Yeah. So knowing that that's where your brothers are at now, how do you show support? Is it support from a distance? Like, what does that look like? Um, he calls me. He calls mm-hmm. me. We talk. Uh, I've been trying to go see him, but because of my, you know, own financial issues, like, he wants us to go put money on his books, and, and we could support him. Like, um, there has been times where an, an addiction's an addiction. Yeah. And, you know, when he got sober off of everything else, he was still addicted to gambling. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, well, it's not a drug. It's not that bad. So maybe I can, you know, support him on that. But yeah, yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> no, I understand. Yeah, yeah. No, gambling's not a good place either to be. No. What advice would you give a person living with a loved one who's currently wrapped up in addiction? Um, honestly some advice I can say is it's going to be hard. Some days are going to feel harder than others. And honestly, as many times as you feel like you want to give up, don't because there's a, there's this saying, it's like, don't leave before five minutes before the miracle happens. And I feel like that's more of like to push, keep pushing yourself to where, although the person, like, you know, whoever it is, because I know most of the times parents, parents are a big one. Like, um, you know, my mom was never addicted to anything, but my dad was. So he mm. was never there. Mm. Um, and because of that, uh, I grew a lot of um, distance towards my dad when I really needed him. And I feel like um, I hurt myself a lot by trying to look for him mm. when he should have been looking for me. Um, and I disappointed myself. So, you know, my advice is like, uh, you got yourself, you know, regardless, like you are who you are mm-hmm. and, you know, no matter the beatings, no matter whatever things th- life throws at you day by day, it's more of like, you got to pick yourself up because, you know, if you want to see tomorrow, you, you got to get yourself there, mm. you know, and. Yeah, like, if you, if anybody needs any kind of help, like, whatever, you know, hotlines that they can call or however, because uh, it's, n- like, it might be a time where people feel alone, but you're never alone when it comes to things like that. There's always somebody else with the same problem. 
Yeah. You just don't know who. You just you, you got to find your you got to find your way. Yeah, and the, the first step is stepping out, right, and, and reaching out and tr- asking for help. Yeah, of course. Um, I feel like that was one of my biggest, biggest failures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and then instead of seeking some type of, uh, like, whether it was counseling, you know, from a loved one or just talking to somebody, um, you know, I kept it to myself and, and I felt like I, sh- I didn't need anybody to know my business, but... Mm-hmm. Deep down, I needed somebody to know that business because it wasn't the business. <laughs> no worries, yeah. And what, what would you encourage for those out there that have those addictions of like stepping out and asking for help? Like, is it, it's not as scary as you think it is or? It, it, it so it's not as scary. It's more of, um, how, uh, what is the word? Being able to admit to it. Mm. I feel like sometimes one of our biggest problems is not wanting it to admit to it, but the fact that, you know, it's, it's okay to admit to it and to be able to like reassure it, you know, Mm -hmm. like whichever way you're going, um, if there's a better way, always go the better way. Yeah, no, definitely. Thanks for joining it and sharing that stuff. I think there's a lot that people could take from this. Um, yeah, honestly, I've I'm a person that's came a long way, mm-hmm. um, from school to family, you know, and uh, today, uh, I I mean, I'm not where I'm I'm not where I want to be, but I'm good where I'm at, mm. you know, and I feel like sometimes people, you know, when we're not where we want to be is when we think we're failing, but it's like you got to fail a little bit in order to get where you want to be, you know, you got to take those risks and. Uh, you know, you just got to gotta be able to have that faith in yourself because without faith in yourself, sometimes things are a little a little hard, you know. So, yeah, I feel like anybody could. If I could get through it, anybody could get through it. Mm, awesome. No, thank you for that. Um, and, and for those that are listening, if you want to reach out, definitely reach out to us via our social media at Justice for Youth on every platform. Our email is info at j for y um, you know, if this interview with Karina has been helpful for you, we'd love to know and we'd love to bring her back for more interviews down the road. Um, just let us know. Um, and thank you, Karina, for joining. Ashley, thank you for joining and, and thank you. getting thank to you. know everyone. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in um, today for Life in the Urban City podcast. Tune in next time and, and have a great day. See you guys.